welcome. Merry Christmas Eve. Uh, welcome to all those who are joining us on Zoom and were watching online later. Glad to have you with us and trust that the message today will uh, be one that will touch your heart and uh, give you something to take into the new year. Well, question for you this morning. Have you ever been in a situation where you're worrying about something, uh, you don't know what's going to happen down the road, and you're, you're, you know, you're fretting about it, and it goes on and on and on, and it's not resolving, and you know, it's just kind of twisting and turning and all that kind of thing, and and or or maybe you just get some some really hard news, and it just wow, there it is, you know, it doesn't look like there's any light at the end of the tunnel at all. Um, I remember the morning very vividly, and I got a call waking me up, and it was the hospital where my dad had been, and they said, uh, uh, we hate to tell you, Mr. Silver, but your dad is unresponsive this morning, and uh, uh, you, you need to come in. So Kate and I and one of my brothers rushed up to the hospital, and we, we tried to talk to him, and, you know, just nothing, no, no response at all. And then, the, um, then his team came in, and, and, you know, four or five of them, they said, well, it looks like he's had a stroke. We're very, very sorry. There's nothing, you know, that we can do. And it was just like, whoosh, you know. I mean, yesterday was this, today, and it's all over, you know. And so we're sitting there just trying to process, sitting around the bed and praying and, and um uh, sat there for about 20 minutes, and all of a sudden, my dad opens his eyes, and he looks at Kate, and he goes, well, hello. <laughs> uh, we, we, we were thrilled, right? He, he was back. Um, suddenly, that situation that was hopeless was filled with hope. It's great, isn't it, when hope is restored like that? And I don't know what you might be going through today in your life or people that you know and love uh, might be going through. But it seems like uh, in our society today, especially since COVID, um, people seem to be hope deprived. You notice that? There, there just doesn't seem to be a lot of good on any front that people are expecting. We've got wars, we've got factions in this country. People are arguing and fighting about this and that or the other thing. You turn on the news and it's just problem, 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 problem. You know, uh, corruption, uh, just, just, just seems like, I mean, mass shootings. It's just everywhere, right? Just trouble, problems. Uh, for that reason, a lot of people that I know have, have given up watching the news. It's just so depressing, right? Um, it can give us, if we're not careful, a kind of depressive view of the future. Uh, not an expectation of good things coming, but just a, a sense of gloom or, or just a sense of we're just holding on. We're just trying to survive. We're just trying to get through. But I want to tell you this morning, in all of that, that we have a God who is in the hope-restoring business. Amen? And he showed that in a huge way when a baby was born in a manger. 2,000 years ago. The situation in Israel at that time wasn't all that great. 
the powerful Roman Empire had conquered uh, much of the known world back then, including that area in the Middle East. Um, and although they had brought to the world a lot, really, Rome in terms of infrastructure, architecture, uh, rule of law, etc., uh, some of that stuff we're, we're still using in our society today. Um, but Rome also had its issues as far as uh, corruption at many levels, immorality, things were rampant. Um, Israel was allowed to maintain their freedom of religion, but they were ruled over and oppressed as a conquered people. Uh, they were unfairly and heavily taxed. The Romans, who were like everywhere, if you've ever seen, you know, like The Chosen or any movies from that point in time, yeah, they walked around in this, but there were Roman guards here and there and scattered throughout so they could keep order uh, everywhere. And they didn't treat the Israelites very nicely, thought they were, you know, subhuman kind of thing. Uh, so it was really, uh, it, was, it was bad. And there was no, I mean, here they are, um, the, the powerful Rome who had taken control of military everywhere, there was just really uh, no sense of hope except for the promise of God contained in the scriptures. A promise such as Micah chapter 5, verse 2 that said this, But you, O Bethlehem Ephratah, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me, one who is to be ruler in Israel, whose coming forth is from old, from ancient days. That promise was spoken about 700 years before it would come to pass that day in the manger. That's one of just many actual prophecies of the coming of the Messiah. But 700 years, that's kind of a long time to wait, right? But, what can we say? It happened. It happened, right? Just like God promised it would. God brought forth His promise in His time because God's promises are sure and He is faithful. See, one of the mistakes that you and I make in life is to put our hope in one of two things. Number one, we put our hope in people, people who are imperfect, people who are fallible, people who are fickle, people who, you know, have a tendency to want what they want, and it's okay as long as you want what I want, but when you don't want what I want, then I'm going in a different direction kind of thing, right? Um, we, 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 we hope that, uh, that this person or that person or this group of people is going to perform in this certain manner, and if they do, <sighs> then things are going to be okay, right? If the election goes this way, right? If this law is signed, if, if my boss does this, or if my spouse or child does that, then everything's going to be okay, right? But people are fallible, aren't they? People are subject to inability and weakness. The other thing we put our hope in is circumstances. Again, circumstances that you and I, we look ahead, you know, we're, we're, we're facing this, this trial, this difficulty, and we look again, we, we got it all figured out, and if it goes this way, if this happens, then I'm going to be okay. And we put our hope in this happening, right? 
But even if that does happen, and you know, life is complicated, right? There's so many different factors that have to go this way and that. And even if something does happen, that doesn't guarantee it's going to stay, right? 24 hours, it could all change again. You just never know. And so we put our hope in people or we put our hope in circumstances. And when we do, we're on shaky ground, aren't we? Think about ancient Israel, okay? Again, just a hundred years after Micah spoke that prophecy, uh, the whole geographic area was conquered by Babylon. Okay? Again, this powerful empire comes in, conquers them, and a big part of what happened in those days when they would conquer somebody, they would take people from that area and scatter them through the rest of the kingdom so that uh, they, they wouldn't band together and, ha and you'd have an uprising. So you've got all of Israel then just scattered abroad here and there, um, you know, and think about nations conquering nations, you know, here and there. Some, sometimes those nations never came back. So the fact that there would even be an Israel, right, or be a Bethlehem in the future, let alone having a ruler come out of there, the chances were pretty slim, right? It didn't look like it was going to happen at all. So... Um, God made a promise. In the midst of all that, in the midst of the uncertainty, right? God had made a promise. And so after 70 years in captivity, a period of time also foretold, uh, actually by the uh, prophet Jeremiah, uh, look what happens in 2 Chronicles uh, chapter 36. It says, Now in the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, that the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah might be fulfilled, the Lord stirred up in the spirit of Cyrus, king of Persia, so that he made a proclamation throughout all his kingdom and put it in writing. Thus says Cyrus, king of Persia, the Lord, the God of heaven, has given me all the kingdoms of the earth, and he has charged me to build him a house at Jerusalem, which is in Judah. Whoever is among you of his people, may the Lord his God be with him. Let him go up. Wow. Talk about, you know, God is not hindered by world events. God made a promise. He says, this is going to happen. This is when it's going to happen. And now all of a sudden, that whole area is conquered. But then this pagan king, right, who, who, who didn't know God, all of a sudden, probably because he spent time with the prophet Daniel, right, is acknowledging the God of heaven and saying, okay, you know, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm actually going to build this, this uh, place of worship in Jerusalem, and whoever is, you know, Jew, you can you can go up and go home, right? Unbelievable. God made a promise, and so God stirred up in the heart of this pagan king to not only make sure there was a an Israel, make sure there was a Bethlehem, make sure there was the place of worship, but Cyrus even paid the bill to get it all done, right? You see where we're going here? Likewise, God puts it in the mind of Caesar Augustus. You know, another uh, pagan, non-Jew, doesn't know God, 
uh, you know, the Roman emperors, they had so many different gods, it was ridiculous, except for the God of heaven. Um, they, they had all, all this, you know, idol worship and everything else, and this pagan Caesar all of a sudden decides at a particular point in time that he's going to call for a census. And not only call for a census, but then he says there's a stipulation. Everybody um, has to go back to the, the, the place of their birth, the place of their ancestry, in order to register for this census. So that Mary and Joseph travel the 70 or so miles from Nazareth to Bethlehem where this baby is going to be born. Do you see it? Doesn't matter who's on the throne, who's in office, doesn't matter what's going on in the world, God makes a promise and it happens because God is not hindered by people or circumstances. When God says it, He's going to make it come to pass. So among other things, Christmas reminds us that God is in control, that He is faithful to His promises, and that nothing stands in His way. The other thing about this awesome God of ours is that He isn't limited to your and my uh, best-case scenario. You know, again, we're, we're, we're caught in a situation and we think, okay, if it just needs to go this way, right? And we're, we're hoping on that to happen. God isn't limited by that. See, the Jews, their, their, their whole hope was in the Messiah to come and to save them from the Romans. They were hoping for this king to come and to, and to be in charge to overthrow the Romans so they could be saved from them. Jesus came to do something immeasurably more, to save the whole human race. From sin, right? Follow me with this. It was like a curse, right, upon the Jews under Roman oppression. They were separated from the life, from the freedom that they had known before. Likewise, you and I, because of sin, because of our sinful nature, we're separated from God separated from His presence, separated from His life, from the peace, from the joy. We're, we're oppressed by insecurities and fears, right? All of that. And Jesus, in a way that no one expected, became our deliverer, became our champion, right? Taking our sins and our judgment upon Himself, dying in our place on that cross so that you and I could be forgiven so that we could be reconnected, reconciled with God. Peace on earth and mercy, mild God and sinners reconciled. Even the disciples that followed him, again, they were looking for a particular outcome. They were looking for that king to rule and reign on the earth, and they had every reason to hope, right? I mean, he made the lame to walk, the blind to see, he raised the dead. I mean, not, there were times that they wanted to kill him, and Jesus just slipped through their grasp. I mean, this guy was, was going to, you know, set up the kingdom in Jerusalem, and they were going to have 12 seats with him and everything else, and, and this was going and now he dies on a cross. He's dead. 
Can you imagine their hopes dashed? Right? Um, the, when, when, if you recall, when Jesus caught up with two of the disciples on the road to Emmaus, um, it, when he was still hidden from recognition, don't know exactly how that happened, but um, in Luke 24, he catches up to them and he says, what are you guys talking about? And they say this in, in Luke 24:19, Jesus of Nazareth, a man who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and rulers delivered him up, condemned to death and crucified him. Verse 21, but we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. We had hoped, but now hope is gone. He's dead, right? They had hoped that Jesus would come and set up that earthly kingdom. And when that didn't happen, their hope was gone. They didn't realize that in rising from the dead that Jesus had secured for them much more than an earthly kingdom, but an eternal kingdom had secured their place in all of eternity with Him in glory. See, my Bible says that God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all we can ask or even think. See, when we set our hope on something that we've imagined and it falls through, we're dashed, we're, dis we're depressed, right? I thought, you know, if just this. But let me remind you, let Christmas remind you this morning that God can do far, far more than we could ever imagine. Let the twin miracles of Christmas and the resurrection remind us who God is in terms of power and faithfulness and let us find in Him, in Him and in Him alone, a hope that is secure one that will endure through the difficulties and challenges that we face in this life. Let's let rest our hope, not, not, not anymore in fallible people, not anymore in circumstances, but in God himself, the only unchanging one. Right? Let's rest our hope in him and in his promises that he has graciously given to us in his word. Because those who receive Christ as Savior, the Bible says, are born again into a living hope. Look at 1 Peter chapter 1, beginning of verse 3. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to His great mercy, He has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, though for now, for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though it's tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. What does that mean? It means that you and I can live in hope. We can live in hope. Not only that God will be with us in this life, 
and in this imperfect world. But we can know that we have an inheritance. An inheritance, look at again, verse 4, that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. You know, the things that we hold on to in this world, the people that we love, we lose them through disease and death and difficulties, right? The things that we have, they can be corrupted. You know, cars crash and things run out and, and wear out and all this kind of thing. Our stuff that we, you know, hold on to so tightly in this world is up and down and up and down and up and down. But we have an inheritance, can have an inheritance, unfading, imperishable, undefiled. In other words, on and on and on and on. The things that God, the Bible says, no, no eye has seen, no ear has heard the things that God has stored up for those that love him. Hmm. The one who came to us from heaven that first Christmas has also reserved a spot there for you and for me. Jesus said this in John 14. He said, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself that where I am, you Maybe also. Because Jesus rose victorious over sin and over death and is now at the right hand of the Father, that inheritance is secured. It's as faithful as Micah's promise 700 years, right? God will bring it to pass. That hope is built on a Savior that is alive and now at the right hand of the Father. So whatever trials, whatever difficulties we face in this life, we know ultimately how it's going to end. Right? We can go through life, yeah, I'm going to face difficulties. It's, we're, I'm going to have you know, troubles in this life. Jesus said in this world, you will have tribulation. But we can walk in that living hope that one day, one day, look at it, Revelation 21, beginning at verse 3, and I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people and God himself will be with them as their God. Verse 4, he will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning nor crying nor pain anymore for the former things have passed away. Ours can be a living hope. A living hope because it rests on a living God, on living promises secured by a living Savior who rose from the grave. A living hope for now and for eternity. So may I ask this morning, where is your hope? Where is your hope? As you, as you walk through life, Where's your hope? Is it in a person? 
boss, a spouse, kids? Is it in a financial picture? Investments, right? Is it in circumstance, this circumstance happening, that circumstance, when that happens, right? All things that are corruptible, infallible, and uncertain. Let me encourage you this morning. Make your hope a living hope. A hope that rests in the living God. The only one who is sure and certain and unchanging. Not only that, able to do far and above all we can ask or even think. Let's put our hope in him this morning and watch him reveal himself and his faithfulness in our lives. Amen? Let's pray. Lord, we thank you as we see the faithfulness uh, of you and how you kept your promises, how you've kept your prophecies and nothing hindered them, Lord. Let us see a God who is there for us, who will keep his promises in our lives, promises to never leave us, promises to never forsake us, promises to give us peace and strength and hope and guidance. Thank you for who you are, Lord. Thank you for Jesus who came so that we might be reconciled to you and know you and know that hope and that peace. While our heads are bowed this morning, he came for you and me. But let me make it personal this morning. He came for you. God's outreached hand to you that you might know him and that joy and that peace. Not a religion, not a bunch of rules. God, your creator, wants to be in a relationship with you. And if you have not opened that door to him, that door of your heart, Jesus said, I stand at that door and I knock. If anyone would open that door, I will come in. And I urge you this morning, receive the gift of Christmas. Open your heart. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to, oh, now i got to come to church and i got to do this and i got to do that. No. Open your heart to Him. Let Him take it from there. It's not about rules. It's a relationship. God loves you. If you haven't opened that door, let me just lead you this morning to do that. Just say this in your heart. Say, God, I want to do that. I'm a little scared, a little hesitant, but I want to do that. I want to open my heart to you. I want, I want to know really what life is all about. I want to know if this is true and, and I need you to, to make this real to me, Lord. Yes, I'm a sinner. Yeah, I've, I've failed. I've fallen short. I found out this morning that you took care of that on the cross. Thank you. Thank you. 
Let me receive your forgiveness and your grace today. And would you come into my heart and life that I might know you. Show me what it means to walk with you each and every day. And I thank you for that. Through Christ I pray. Amen. Amen. If you made that prayer, you made that decision this morning, please get a hold of me. Love to uh, put a Bible in your hand and answer a bunch of questions. I know I had a bunch. Um, but uh, let me tell you about this God who has been faithful to me over the last 40-some uh, years. And uh, uh, we'll do the same for you. Guaranteed. Because he is an awesome, awesome God. Amen? Amen.